Okay, welcome to a special episode of The Scene. This is going to be where we become interviewees. Is that right, Butch? Not the interviewers. That's right, yeah. The interviewees. We'll be the E's, not the ers. So in a minute, you're going to have everybody from Jester and Pete will be the main interviewer with accomplice Jim Turner. Mm, I'm so excited about being here. The, re- the real reason I'm here, yes. I'm hoping to get an invite into the band eventually. Wow. What, wow. what do you do? What do, you, what do I have to do to what get do you, into what Jester? Do you, well, what do you offer? I don't know. <laughs> Triangle. Cowboy. Triangle. Okay. A little guitar, but not much. You guys are kind of set there. We will talk after the show and figure that out. Right now, we need you for your your smooth radio voice and your interview skills. So you think you can give us about an hour or so of some good, in-depth questions that might bring a tear to Butch's eye, talk about his bedwetting and when he was a child and things like that. Oh, we're fucked. (laughs) I'm here for all of you. We'll make it happen. Anyway, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to the guys in Jester, which is for the people that don't know, me and Butch are in Jester, so we're not going to be doing anything other than answering the questions that are coming at us. So that's what you're going to hear next. The Scene. Everything music, local and beyond. Okay, welcome everyone. Going to be a little different tonight. It's Pete doing the majority along with Jimmy Turner mm-hmm. of the interview. The majority of what? Uh, I guess the interview, the podcast of the band Jester. Okay, cool. He's not going to click the buttons, is he? No, I'm no, still I'm not the clicky. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, my clicker's broken. <laughs> Let's get into this. Uh, basically, when did Jester start? Who wants to? Yeah, how that who all wants to begin this? We were discussing this before you guys came in. The timeline is just a little shady, but... Fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> it was 2001 when, yeah. and yeah. I'm not mistaken when I say that you and Rob were the first to instigate it, correct? Yeah. So there was a, a long-standing jam night up at the Pappy's Pub up in Waynesboro. And to get out my musical frustrations, I would go up on Wednesday nights and jam with the guys, get up and sing some songs and have a good time. And that led me and Robbie to talking about, you know, why don't we put a band together? At the time, he was in Phoenix, and I don't know if it was anybody else in anything at the time. Well, he was in Phoenix with Mark at that time. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that is right. I guess you should let people know that you were in a band's years leading up to that. Right, right, right. It's not like you just came out of the blue. Right. This was in my downtime. I I had, uh, had a top 40 band reaction back in the day. Uh, it's electric. This, yeah. Oh my. Yes. <laughs> and uh, had females in the band and horn section, keyboards, the whole nine yards. And we had ended that. And I was playing with Robbie in a band called Reckless. So we right. all, of course, we knew each other from you know years past, and you knew Robbie from being in a band with me. So right. we all had that kind of connection that way. Exactly. So. Exactly. So we just said about you know let's think about maybe starting a band, and we naturally picked you know talked when to talk to jeff and and of course pat at the time was he playing, was just playing in the jam band with he was just well, the jam band I at think, the time uh we also at the time where we were writing originals in my apartment 
Oh, that's true. See? That's and that kind of right. got your itch going. I remember yeah, that. That's right. I forgot about that. And I was unable to do anything for my work at the time, mm-hmm. so that's why Pat was the. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, if you go back to us original three, we were we started playing music together in eighty seven. Yeah. Oh my. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we were, uh, yeah, we were down in your your apartment there, yeah. and Power we actually switch. did some four. A no, this was this was Robbie's the four track four stuff track that we did with Rob, mm-hmm. and every intention to have Petey as the drummer. I've, I remember that now. Wasn't there a yeah. video? Wasn't there a video of you guys? No. Somebody got kicked, oh, that in, was, somebody got kicked in the head. That was back in the eighties. That was way before then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was back in the Power <laughs> Switch days. Our very first band. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, so um, that kind of got Butch's itch. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember you always had that mission statement. Kind of was you wanted to be different than every other band in the area. Exactly. That was the whole purpose of putting this particular band together. Yeah, was. because short of bands like uh, Cracked Actor and you know Dirty Deal and you know bands like that, you went out and these guys had their feet nailed to the floor and they stared at their instruments and that was it. There was n- there was no show. There was no excitement. And when we put this together, that was that was the mission statement. It's like we're gonna go out there and we I want to kick this crowd in the teeth. I want sure. them to you know. Get their money's worth. Whether they play the cover or not, they're going to get their money's worth walking away from a band show, you know. And that's what we did. That's what we did, you know. Yeah, Right from the get-go, I remember the first show in Quincy at the old school and the gym. Yeah, And I rushed home from from work, and I think I caught you guys were maybe 45 minutes into your first set. Yeah, Yeah, what we did was when we got our decision that we were going to make pat the drum or ask pat to be the drummer um uh, we sat down at oliver's here oliver's. In meadow, <laughs> that's exactly and right. we, is that even there is so, that is that uh, building? I, don't yeah, I, don't cool. so. I don't even know what it is anymore ollie fries remember so. ollie fries yeah. they were incredible <laughs> it's a great place <laughs> jimmy would bring up the Sorry. food, part. <laughs> I the food so. but we sat there at dinner and we said okay you know we're all on board this is what we want to do this is the type of songs we're going to try to learn didn't pat have a glass of chardonnay <laughs> he probably yes, did, he did. <laughs> sitting he beside of me we were the only two sitting there and it did not look good at all <laughs> right, yeah i remember pat, pat the ambiguously gay duo he, yeah. he's always kind of bad is this yeah he's always so eccentric and he even had an idea of putting like the little make wearing makeup, not as far as Kiss went, but he was talking about putting like teardrop under his yeah, eye and just, right, right, and dressing a certain way. And it's like, well, I don't want to go that far, man. I want to be a a good band that stands out, but I don't want to do all that. Right, right. <laughs> but he had no fear, man. He he wanted to do anything uh, to stand out and make it. So, well, and then that, it, you got to look at it at the time with other than other than me and my past history, but the group that we were the the people we were going after wasn't top 40 we they were rock people so you had robbie which was probably one of the top three guitar players in this whole tri-state area easily if if not the best you know pat was another outstanding drummer in the area and jeff had already you know got himself a reputation of being an outstanding bass player so this was in a sense the the tri-state area this was like a super group coming together Mm -hmm. you know from all these other other bands and stuff coming together to put one band together and to so. make it more of a focus on rock and to put on a show rather than just sit there in one place and exactly i always felt show. the show was first huh. i that's how i looked at it yep. just and it the is show to, and, and it is to this day yeah. 
Yeah. It should be. It yeah. is to this day. Awesome. Gotcha. And we have a short break for Scott's <laughs> inner monologue to kick in. I'm super group. How did Butch get in there? <laughs> <laughs> I had the van. So, uh, I had the van. <laughs> so going back into the early shows, I was obviously there from day one. I remember a lot of shows that, you know, obviously Delmar was, mm-hmm. that was home base. It really was. Um, it really Reflections, was. which is no longer around. Um, right. Yeah, the very first show, like some you shows said. shows at the Hot Point as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of did a warm-up show up at that Quincy yeah. uh, Gymnasium. Yes. It was yeah. a gym. Because it was, it was other bands as yeah. well. Yeah. And our first official real show was at the Delmar that yeah. following weekend. So It was. That, that Quincy show was kind of like to get our, our bearings, uh, our sound guys to kind of get a feel for for some things and um and what was cool was we did a we did a promotional uh flyer that we put out for the show and of course not everybody knew what was going on and we took a picture of us all with our backs towards the camera and took a picture of and our sunglasses yeah, in the back it, of our head. it didn't say like coming soon or yeah it yeah. was like to get we didn't that. put anything out there other right. than that picture and had people try to guess what this right. band was it yeah. was going to be playing at the Delmar yeah. that weekend so I thought that was kind of it neat is, and so. it was cool it was cool I think it, I was there for one of the first shows did you ride a motorcycle into the club <laughs> no. that, that was, was the Van Halen show yeah that was the Van Halen, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Van Halen tribute uh-huh. stuff but uh, and uh, speaking of the sound guys and stuff like that that was uh, another key component to us putting this together was to have a sound production sound crew that was dependable and and um, dedicated to what we were doing so I mean, you had the best light man, you know, in the area. I mean, let's see, who was our light man, Jeff? You remember? I thought it was Steph, but I think Petey's dropping a hint. It might have been him. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, we approached uh, uh, Dave and, and, and Crow uh, about the the thing, and at the time, you know, they were they were potluck with everything. I mean, they were playing, yeah, doing with everybody. around everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody, and we wanted them to lock into us. We wanted them to be our only sound guy because when you're doing what we were going to do you wanted something that was a good foundation and and to have that consistent sound and professionalism uh is very important for that kind of stuff and and we talked to him we sat him down i remember having the conversation with him and it's like all right guys here we go we need no crackling and popping we need all that stuff in tip-top shape and they did I yeah mean, they that, painted that their speakers it. and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't that crack the it. paint they were they were top notch. I remember you guys had everything you wanted at your disposal. Oh yeah, whatever you needed. And yep. if it if you didn't have it, Dave would and Crow would get, it. get it. Yep. Yeah, Butch said this a couple times, and I believe it. Crow would have took a fucking bullet for us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you. Yeah. I guarantee you. We were running our own light show at the time, so we still had to show up early. Mm-hmm. Dr- Hang the lights. Bring the trailer in. At the end of the night, we still had to tear all that shit down. So those oh. first three years, we were still. You know, humping all that gear and doing all that. A lot of times, me, yeah. Petey, and Butch would go in on a Thursday night, yeah. right? Set up that way we didn't have to rush around Friday night. Sure. So, how long is the setup typically for a show? Back oh, then, it was about an hour and a half just Usually. for the lights. Yeah, yeah. Lights, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're okay. easily two hours for the. And then whole another thing. hour and a half at the end of the night, getting out there because we would stick around and help Dave and Crow get their stuff out. So, so, if you put the lights up the day of the show, what time would you show up at the club? Six o'clock for a nine o'clock show. Mm-hmm. What time would you leave that joint? Two. Uh, get done at one. We'd be oh, yeah. out of there at two thirty or so. Yep. Home yeah. at and three. And that's 3:30. usually the owners were chasing wow. us out yeah. the door. 
We're at Denny's yeah. by three thirty. So you're talking <laughs> six to three. It's like a seven eight o'clock or a seven eight hour day oh, yeah. for a hundred bucks. Real quick though, Mark, I wanted to ask you uh, because this was kind of a. It's so long has passed now that we could talk about this, but at the time, Rob was kind of like trying to transition out of Phoenix into Jester, and he didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings about moving out. How did he handle that? I never really. Do you remember back then before you got Dave Smith and how that? played in now he just sat us down one night and told us that uh, he wasn't all that happy he wasn't all that happy with how things were going and um and it was actually a pretty a pretty good conversation everybody was fine with it you know, yeah we understood did he and, tell you he was moving on to another band yeah did he yeah. okay yeah. What, what what was your thoughts and other bands thoughts behind the without them what were you guys really as a band talking about man it's jester band what was what was oh, your thoughts? No, it, no, there was a lot of hubbub about it. Yeah. We were looking forward to it, but this whole area needed it needed that it needed shot. a shot in the arm yeah. anyway. Yeah, so it was a, it was a great project ever since the day it started. And, and still I, still going. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> what, I, I mean, in all honesty, uh, we had a lot of respect for Phoenix. I mean, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, after Rob was with us, yep. and Dave came back in. I mean. It was really seamless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was really good. So, and you guys drew every bit, if not more, of a crowd oh, than yeah. we did. Oh, I yeah. guarantee you. You had a hell of a following. Because I've been, I was at both of them. So. One's with Robbie in the band and one with Dave in the band. Right. I and, mean, it was. And that Delmar, those two bands with the Delmar, I mean, you knew every time that it was going to be jam-packed, man. Henry, you know? Henry did well. <laughs> yeah, we made Henry some money for this. He, he never so. let you forget that well, your breaks are only 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. I went back to him one night and said, hey, Henry, you got a good crowd tonight. Oh, you guys are 10 minutes over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah, you got to give people time to get to the bar and get a drink. <laughs> That's and, right. And, uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we, we cruised along there for about three years, yeah. and I booked us pretty heavy. And that's back before we took summer break. So we were going January oh, to yeah. December we and repeating that cycle plus every 12 months. Full-time jobs, families. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The whole thing going on plus oh. that on top of it. So yep. it's tough. But we were having fun. Sure. So we look forward to those weekends. So yeah. It was a blast. Yeah, it was how, always a blast. How is it on stage? Is that is that just the best thing ever to be on stage, rocking out, even to this day? Is it? Still the same excitement today that it was back then? Oh, absolutely. And and the best way to describe my thoughts of being up on stage, it's like sitting in my recliner in my living room. Because when you have the, the quality of musicians that I've always had around me up on stage, it's so seamless. It's so just, there's no effort to it. There's no thinking, oh, is it going to get his part? Is it, you know, right. you just, you're up there and you can just enjoy. And that's, Part of the reason I can do the stuff that I do up there, joke around, have fun, carry on in the middle of the song. We did it last night in the middle of the song. We've never done it before. I'm like, hey, everybody quiet down. I want to hear the crowd sing, you know, and seamlessly. It just everybody just dies down and, you, you know, so it's. We tend to, when you spend that much time together on stage, we tend to learn, especially me and Mark. Mm -hmm. uh, he'll look to mm -hmm. me and I'll either say, keep it going and he'll know that means count the next song or I'll do a, a cut sign and he'll he'll know that we need to tune or something like that so everything we do is without talking it's it's all looking at each other and communicating and yep. and if we do happen to get in the weeds a little bit we look at each other and we figure it out so yep. but and that's just years of experience that's all it is yeah <laughs> and just, what's and what's funny is 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 over the years of doing this and, and 
talking to the crowd and, and opening the show or having the, the talk part where, you know, these guys have changed uh, guitars or whatever in, in the middle of the, of the set and stuff. Jeff has always known the flow of my rant up mm -hmm. on stage mm -hmm. so he kind of knows when all right butch is running out of gas okay start the song right now <laughs> he's done petered out on whatever he's trying to say well well so, the cool thing about and since since day one the jester shows have always been very sort of spontaneous um there's never been a um you guys have never sat down and said let's try this let's do this you know it's always just spontaneous right. off the cuff and it should stuff. be. I mean, that's rock and roll. Spontaneity. Yep, you guys did three straight years, 01 to like 04, three years, and then you took a break. Correct? Yeah, it was like three and a half, I think. Yeah, I think we took time. that first break in 05. Uh, right. I remember right. we were at the practice place there at, at Pat's mom's house, mm -hmm. and Rob said, man, I'm getting burned out. Cause I, what I did was, because I always do this, and I did it today. I said, I'm getting ready to book new shows. Uh, I need the dates that you guys are off that you don't want to play. And Rob took that opportunity to say, man, I think I got to I gotta quit. And wow. he said, I'm getting burned out. I've been playing for however long it's been, 15, 20 years straight. Sure. Butch kind of was like, you know what? You know, my boys are playing ball, and I think we need to take a break too. How old were your yeah. kids at that time? Oh, they were young. Um, I guess they were probably, what, eight? Oh, 12 years ago, or f yeah. 14 years ago. Yeah. yeah, so they were, you know, eight. And right in the middle of Little League. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were down at the Little League all the, every oh, night. <laughs> I, I had a Little League boy, too, so I know how it is. It's yep. just nonstop, five yep. days a week practice. I was involved in coaching of them yeah. and everything else. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. Oh, you had no time then. So there was, yes, it was almost seven days a week down there. So, so. rock and roll had to take a back seat for you. <laughs> how, did. how did that feel, though? Was that, was that tough to say, hey, let's – Let's take a break. It was because it was such a great ride. Sure. You know, it's kind of like getting in a sports car and riding around for a while. You just don't want to get out of the damn thing. Yeah. You know, so it was it was a tough decision to. I remember Pat was devastated. Yeah, he was. He took it hard, man. Mm. He yeah. really did. He's emotional anyway because he, he puts everything into the Very music. Very passionate. He does. Absolutely. Very passionate about it. And he was, he, was, he was pretty upset about it. But, I mean, he understood. I mean, so. And I took it upon myself to go ahead and take some time off as well and. Yeah. Um, with my work and stuff like that it's like yeah so were you happy that you were taking a break was that um, was that a good time for you no not really you hadn't put in the years I, like about six months time. into it right. i was starting to get the itch Jones and you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i still had the jam and the open mic band so sure. I, I was still able to do that a little bit but um that's not the same as a cohesive set, a cohesive yeah. night sets of right. rock and roll. Exactly. Building the crowd up with the momentum mm -hmm. and keeping it going and then bringing them down and bringing them back up. Right, and right. That's got to be pretty cool so. to put together a set list too. Yeah. You know, to have that ability to do that with the crowd, have that control and see the people come in through the door. They're dancing. They're drinking. Oh, yeah, they're man. It's a, a rush. Time. It's a rush. That's pretty cool. I've, yeah. I've never experienced that in my life. So I don't have the ability <laughs> It's to never too late, brother. <laughs> well, and, and even back in the early days when we were picking songs, that was the stuff that we always tried to pick was we wanted songs that, you know, two notes, two measures into the song, they were like, oh, I knew that song. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want to pick something. And there was a lot of bands back then that were playing stuff that people were like, uh, is this an original? Is this <laughs> the crowd sitting cover? on their hands? Because they had no idea what it was. Yeah. The deep track of a B side of a band that no one heard of. I'm not. Know? Oh, I, it's and I'm not by a, Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not afraid to say it that almost every song, if not every song we had, was one of those kind of 
catchy songs that people were like, oh. And I tell you, it didn't take you guys long to figure out when you had to act songs. I remember those days. Yeah, Mm -hmm. some songs lasted one (laughs) show. One show. After practicing for two months straight. You guys know about 90 seconds in, whether or not the crowd's Mm -hmm. digging it. One song in particular, I Can't Drive 55, Sandy Hagar. That just blew me away. We thought, this is going to be great. It's on the radio all the time. Yeah. Remember the Hindenburg? You ever seen Hindenburg? (laughs) 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 The humanity. humanity. We played it okay, but people just yeah, went right back to their seat and they could care less. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those ones that are just overplayed, I guess. Which you heard it too that? much. I can't try 55. Well, oh, yeah. the funny so. story about that is, is after that after it, that thing died on us, I got a hold of Mike Holder from QCM. <laughs> I did. I talked to him on the phone. I'm like, who is requesting that goddamn <laughs> song? Because nobody that comes out to our shows wants to hear that shit. <laughs> he uh, laughed on we, there. We worked hard on that, too. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it goes sometimes. Just played that on stage. Bush uh-huh. started running. He goes, well, that whatever, like a rubber in a collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, back to Pat. Uh, I knew he wasn't going to take a break. And yeah. he, he got into another band called Sacred Realm. Uh-huh. And uh, mm-hmm. Pat was always about doing originals. Even with Jester, he yes. wanted to really push yeah, the original music. I remember that. And there's, and, uh, there's one out there somewhere on tape. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he he got in Sacred Realm, which was a really good band. And uh, did you guys ever see them? When is this? I don't know if you were really into music then. I don't know what period that was for you, Scott. But I think I, I, think I saw them maybe one time over in West Virginia. Like yeah. Briefly just walking into place. Oh yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just one time. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Go ahead. He'll edit it. Go ahead and repeat your story. Yeah, repeat your story. Uh, I think I did see him one time. We heard you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Am I done now? I'm, sorry. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. <laughs> so, at that time, you were in Sack of Marbles, correct? Well, I'm not sure. We're uh, talking 2004, 2005. Uh, you know, that would have been. Yeah, yeah Sack I remember Marbles, seeing you guys up Sack of Marbles and Dirty Deal kind of bouncing back yeah. and forth mm-hmm. for me then, yeah. So we were all active uh, yeah. throughout. Did you ever take any mm-hmm. real downtime? Uh, at all like where you did nothing yeah actually probably maybe about three four years before you contacted me for crush theory okay hmm. all right. oh wow well we'll get into that in a bit too right on so but anyway uh yeah uh pat was doing his thing and he seemed happy and Rick Parks called us one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Maryland yeah. Music. What is it? Institute? Maryland Institute of Music. Right. Uh, but this was back when he was yeah. doing uh, promotion, promotion for shows. Kicks, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. And he cool. talked kicks into doing a reunion show, and he wanted us to be on the bill. Awesome. And uh, that kind of is like. It yeah. was awesome. Oh, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. incredible. Where was the show? Narg. Uh, North Narg. American Rock Gun Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. A lot Narg. of people Outside there. Outside show. No. They were indoor. That was indoor. That's no, true. Yeah. No, the one the kicks show was actually outdoor. The funny monies were indoor. Oh, my oh the funny yeah. money. Okay. That's right. Yeah. They so couldn't hold was, enough people inside first? for the kick what show. Was first? We were doing funny money shows when so. we were still with Jester with Pat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. okay. And they were fun. Oh my god, they, they were, were fun. Oh, they were a blast. Big time. Yeah. So the kick show, that's just one and done type thing. Let's just do we this thought, and have some fun. But we got to talking and the I, Narg had spent a bunch of money in building that stage, yeah. right? That outdoor stage. Yeah. So they had they wanted to get some shows in there. Hmm. So I come up with an idea and I approached Butch and Rob about it. I said, Look, what's holding you back from playing? And Rob said, You know, I got my little break in, but I don't like all this setting up and tearing down bullshit. And Butch's mm-hmm. like, Well, I mean, if I could just show up and play at the end of the night, leave, 
you know, just keep it to the four hours, then that'll work. So I said, okay, why don't we tell Dave and Crow we want them to take our light show and set up the PA and the lights. Mm -hmm. We'll pay them more money, and let's just do that. Right. And then we're going to take from the end of May to the beginning of September, and we're not going to play at all. Smart. So you well, can you know, that's the height of, of your little, little league and yeah. Yeah, all that kind of vacations, summer summer vacations all, that. all that kind yeah. of stuff. So we're not getting burned out. We're playing four months. We're taking four months off, playing another four months. Sure. You can't get burned out that way. Right. Well, also, at that time, and it's it's kind of been that way, there's not a whole lot of action at the bars <laughs> for summertime. Yeah, yeah everyone's really. on vacation. People are on vacation. They're out riding their oh, motorcycles. Yeah. The, it's, attendance it's drop way attendance. down. Well, you're starting to something. show at 9 o'clock. It don't get dark till 9, so yeah. everyone's out mowing their grass. Right. So they go in, they go, okay. Or whatever. We were going to go, but, man, I'm fucking I'm tired, tired now. I drank a beer. I'm all hot and sweaty. Yeah. So, so, hmm, that's the way it cool. is. So, so we asked Pat, you know, we said, here's what we want to do. These are the stipulations. Of course, Pat wants to play all the time. So he balked at that a little bit, but the big thing was Sacred Realm was doing really good. They were really mm-hmm. hitting it off, yeah. And they had cut a CD, and yep. he didn't want to give that up, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. we're the ones that quit on him, and now right. we're saying, come back to us. And this band that he built up while we were going. stipulations to you coming back. So, yeah. But he did say, I'll do it, but he said, I want you guys to kind of like do Friday night shows so I can keep my Saturday night shows for Sacred Realm, and it's... Like, man, that's just be a logistic nightmare yeah. because we're going to bump heads eventually. Sure. Where they're going to want you, we're going to need you. Yep. So we took the big step of saying, okay, we're going to have to cut Pat loose and, and bring in another drummer. That's got to so, be tough. It was. It was tough. Yeah. yeah. We went up to his house, me and Butch did, and we yep. explained everything. And we told him we wanted him to do that kick show. And, you know, that was kind of be his last hurrah as a full-time member of the band. and. And he did, and um, he was a pro. Yeah, I mean, he played well. He he was hurt, you could tell. Yeah. But at the same time, he you know he did what he had to do. So. Yeah. yeah right and on. we respected him for that. You know, I mean, it wasn't like we were like, well, well, great, thanks, Pat. You know, it was it was not like that at all. You know, and, but a lot of people out that wasn't behind the scenes thought it that way. You know, that oh well, yeah, they must have ended up in a in an argument, and it wasn't. You know, we. We were happy for what he had put together because he was doing exactly what he wanted to do, which yeah. was write originals and, and living was the dream. It. And he really yeah. was. And they were they were a great band. They were a great band. So from Pat to Mark. Yeah. There was really only one drummer we were considering. Right. So yeah. So Mark, what were you doing at the time? What was Phoenix doing? Well, I was an out-of-work male dancer named Jack Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> you may have heard of me. Yes. Okay. And uh, the guys came to see my show one night. <laughs> Except for Butch. <laughs> His drumstick. Oh, man, I, amazing. I, I, Phoenix was um, Phoenix was actually getting ready to, to, to call it a day, too. We could see it. Really? Yeah, we could see that the train was, was coming into the so station. It was, and, it was you, Kenny, yeah, it was, John, Dave. Dave. Yeah. Okay. And, and the timing was couldn't have been better. You um, were uh, playing with the country band, though, weren't you? Uh, Borderline? Uh, with B- uh, Beth and Chuck? Yes, you're right. Yeah. I went with Borderline right after Phoenix. And, um, yeah. Because I remember you had to kind of tell them that you were quitting them to join us, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah I, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling, uh, I wanted a little bit more oomph. Yeah. And Jester offered that. So. Well, and what was, what was neat was is that, Mark also would come to our shows. He was 
always whenever he wasn't playing he was at our shows and he was always out in the crowd and stuff watching the shows. yeah we knew mark pretty well from oh yeah from all that what was it about his drumming that that made you want him in your band what what specifically (laughs) he's and i'm gonna embarrass him a little bit but Mm -hmm. it's a cliche but he really is a human metronome Mm -hmm. he he keeps timing perfect right yeah phil rudd so okay do you know uh, Phil Rudd? Yeah, ACDC. Very good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Do you know Phil Rudd? <laughs> I, I don't know him personally, but you know. So. I was scared to death, though, because Pat, uh, those were some extremely large shoes to try to fill. Yeah. The guy's an incredible Until he drummer. pukes, Mark. Until he pukes. <laughs> I remember uh, that night. Were you and there? I'll tell you what, I have never, ever, I've been playing 45 years, and I, I bowed down to that dude. He actually did not miss a beat, man. He's puking on stage. We got to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got to tell the story. Is this, we were is playing this at the, the Del Mar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Delmar. It was just a regular night. Yeah. And he came in and he was a little bit under the weather and he didn't act terribly no, sick. No. He was holding it pretty well. He just well. said he was, he just said he wasn't feeling yeah. well. And about midway five through the songs first in, set. Yeah. Like five first songs set. In. Oh yeah. So we didn't know what happened. He didn't miss the beat. Hey, it was incredible. After yeah. the song was over, he had, take a little break and get cleaned up he threw up in the middle of the song i think I it was um same old song and dance it by Aerosmith. i think it was too it was and he Butch never like, missed hey, the beat. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break i'm like yeah. look yeah pd was running our lights for us he was in our crew then and of course pd is a great drummer as well so it's like pat man go to fuck home dude get some rest oh, yeah. i mean he after, was, he was after pale, that we yeah. could tell he was he green was, and and yeah. and sick sweating and it, it, he was oh, a mess so Petey stepped so in. Crow I mean, Petey's listening to yeah, and Dave. Dave and Crow get up with towels. Like, they got they I'm got playing. towels, wiped everything down, yeah, yeah. and he, literally, yeah. I was, Petey, like, I was like, dude, that was righteous. <laughs> <laughs> I did not miss a beat. And, and of course, Petey's been to every show for two years. He's known the songs by listening to them sure. forever. Sure. So he just came in and, and finished out the night for me. <laughs> but yeah, that was which was crazy. fantastic, yeah. and it was That's a great it's show. Actually, a recording that I yeah. still have. Really? Yep. Yeah, it was recorded. Yeah. It was. It was awesome. It was. It was a neat thing. So, but anyway, the recording of the puking. Or? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't miss that. Yeah, we'll never forget that ever. That was, that's mm, one of those stories that always stick with me. So, Pat, if you're listening to this, brother, wow, yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, I, I tell that story so. at parties. I'm still blown away. <laughs> well, we actually kind of turned it into sort of a jam night on the third set because I believe you get up and jammed a song. Yeah, yeah. I think we had some people there singing. Yeah, Trevor might have been yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah, we had. Yeah. A, so. We but it was cool. Most of it, we, so. we made Henry money. <laughs> but anyway, me and Jeff made a decision to to bring Mark on, and I and I loved going up to Mark's house. We went up to Mark's and, and uh, said, you know, we want to talk to you. And, and I don't. Did you have a clue of what was coming? Actually, no, I didn't. I, I mean, it wasn't hard to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm still flattered. <laughs> did you even know they were getting Jester back together? No, no. Wow, I guess you were surprised. Yeah, it's, that's when it was brought up. Yeah. yeah, and you had to quit Borderline, the country band. To yeah, I was actually considering quitting anyway, maybe yeah. just taking a break. Yeah, it's just, I just wasn't feeling it because they were but, a pretty busy band, weren't they? Weren't yeah, like, yeah, but then they busy. they changed to another band, and they they, they were really oh Hicktown, right? Hicktown. Turned into Hicktown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. They were a force they, too. You know, mm-hmm. they, they kept going. So, so, so you were doing okay. I mean, you were making money, obviously, with those folks, but it wasn't the style of music that right. that you you wanted. Yeah, I wasn't to do. getting my my soul yeah. satisfied. And that, that says a whole lot about what Jester's about because it's really about performing the music that you want to perform the way that you want to perform it, putting on a show for for the fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's not always just about 
collecting a paycheck at the end of the night. Yeah. You were talking about the feeling. Uh, when we do the Bonanza, for example, we're right. at Bonanza Extravaganza. There's you know thousands of people out there. Sure. There's no better feeling on earth. In seconds before I count off, he Butch will turn around and say, "Take us there, Skitch." <laughs> and I and I, I love that movie that he's quoting from from and. Uh, That's cool. It, it, Gives me goosebumps to this day. Gave me goosebumps <laughs> just hearing that. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys seem like a, a family, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like a family, like brothers. Yeah. So Band you know. of brothers. Yeah, there you go. You almost yeah. have to be, right, to, <laughs> to make it work on stage. Yeah. Is it hard to fake that when there's tension between you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we've, you all can't, played, you can't have, we've all played with tension. And we've had that. We've sucks. had that even at Jester shows and literally have had people come up and say, Something's what's wrong? wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, no band's immune from it. Sure, so. it happens. Nope. But, uh, so take us to the next break of Jester. Well, we went about another five or so did. years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long run. Yeah. We're playing some really cool shows. Um, and, and you did this five-year stint by not playing certain months of the year, right? Correct, right. correct. Right. Not doing the setup and the teardown necessarily. That's so why it was five years. Yeah. Yeah. More bands so, need to do that. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> so. But, uh, well, if every band did it, then no one would ever play through the summer. So well, we got to give the DJs their <laughs> chance, you know, yeah. in the summer. <laughs> so we come around again. And, and my brother male dancers, too. <laughs> so, so in those, those five years, how many shows would you play when you're in your busy season? Uh, when you're working? We still tried to keep it from every weekend. Okay. Just, I mean, Butch's vocal, just, you know, if he ever got sick and we were playing every weekend, then he would have no time to recover and we'd be screwed. Gotcha. So we usually try to do no more than two to three in a row before we took a break. Okay. So we did that. So we were averaging two to three weekends a month. Okay. So yeah. Playing two nights on the weekend or just one? Sometimes two Sometimes nights. Yep. Two. Really, yep. the Del Mar was the only place we ever did that. Right. So. Which is cool because you just leave all your, your gear hot, That was right? the nice, yeah, yeah. that just, was yeah. the nice part about that. That Saturday show is probably nuts then because you guys show up and you're just ready to ready go. Ready to roll, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. not tired. We're, and the place you know, was packed. Get a little liquored up. <laughs> Except for stage. that one night that Rob didn't show up because he was still sleeping. Yeah, he's still uh, sleeping. <laughs> oh, my. We called him up and said, Rob, were you sleeping? Said, no, I'm just taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we, we got started about 45 minutes late that night. So <laughs> we kept thinking, God, man, I hope he's not in a car accident or something because it's like, not like him to not show yeah. up. And finally, we called, and he answered the phone. He was all groggy. He's like, "Oh shit, he was sleeping." <laughs> so, but he's he always told the uh, story of of uh, coming home from one of our shows, and I don't remember what one. <laughs> he had stopped and got a, a, a sub, and was eating it in his chair. And he said he woke up with the sub <laughs> half in his mouth and half all over his chest, and he <laughs> fell asleep eating his sub. So oh, man. yeah, we're up on stage. It's full bore. We so, don't we don't ever uh, pull any punches up there. And here's one thing I think Jimmy appreciate uh, with me, Butch, and Rob. What do we all have in common? Van Halen. We're huge Van Halen fans, yeah. and I think that had a lot to do with our energy on stage and how we approached our stage show. Sure. Pat wasn't a huge Van Halen fan. He appreciated the music of it, mm-hmm. but the three of us who were out front, that's we worship Van Halen. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. to a crazy extent yeah and it rubbed off on how we kind of approached our shows we See, wanted to I'm, take that so. i'm van hagar all the way so. Oh. <laughs> yeah so when mark came in we played a lot more love songs and yeah <laughs> richard mark all the songs had love in it so but anyway that's how we kind of approached 
uh, the attitude that we took. We're going to attack you on stage. We're not going to sit right. up there and, and, and wait for you to get into it. We're going to make you get into it. So. Well, and how many bands do you go out and see? Even to this day, you can go out and see them. They play a song. They say, Thank you. We're going to play, you know, mm-hmm. Bob Seger. Mm-hmm. They play a song, and they stop. And they thank yeah, the crowd. There's no stopping. And, and there's nothing being said. Sure. Everyone's getting ready. Nah. Nah. That was one of our key rules is song to song. So boom, you, boom, boom. The way you construct the set list is maybe one song yeah. ends in a key and starts in the same key. Exactly. Or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly it all happens all the time. Yeah, so that's, how they, that's how they approach the uh, radio programming sometimes with, with the way they do what you hear on the radio. They try to, to have things mesh together. As a band, you could do that. It's really slick. Yeah. Well, Not everybody does that, obviously. Absolutely. And that's yeah. and that's always been a kind of a key thing because once they're up on the dance floor, you can keep them up yeah. there. Yeah. You stop yeah. and they sit yeah. down. They're going to yeah. sit down. It happens all the time. Just keep the crowd engaged. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Even uh, until Scott breaks a strap lock. <laughs> <laughs> I take it that's happened, huh? Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. or at this year's Bonanza where did something come unplugged or whatever the hell it was. Oh, oh, that, oh yeah. Good Lord. So in 2011, you guys decided to take another break. Yeah, that was, well. And really, what, what was the I mean, cause? What yeah, brought but, that on? I think Butch was having some uh, medical issues. I don't want to get too deep into this right. dude without right. you having no well i'm, I'm it, not so. afraid to say it but i mean it, uh, that's part of the reason when i found out that you know i had diabetes mm-hmm. so i have stage or uh, type 2 uh, diabetes mm-hmm. and uh, been doing with it for you know 15 16 years 17, oh, wow. 18 years now i guess so and i never knew he hid it from me but saturday nights after a show sunday mornings he's felt like a piece of dog meat he said you know right. and it's like oh well, shit right. dude why didn't you say something to us yeah i mean it was uh, you know because of the energy and stuff that you're up there and um uh it, you literally felt like you get backed over by by a truck the next wow. morning so it was it was tough it was tough what a lot of people didn't don't realize is is that you know in a band situation you just don't walk up and say okay well I'm I'm ready to get out of this you know you have gigs that are booked <laughs> which we as far as I know what maybe two gigs we ever had to cancel not uh, many uh, that one uh, night you couldn't even sing right. me Robin and, and was that with Pat or Mark at Pappy's that we did it three piece that night yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. so I I took up and sang and so show must go on kind so. of thing but. I went to Jeff, and I was the one that initiated the, the, the stop. And I, I told Jeff, I sat him down. I was like, you know, here's here's what's going on, you know, and, and we need I need to take a break. So that was... 2011? Was that like three years? Or three years. Three months before it actually happened because we made a decision we then. We finished out that... Yeah, we, yeah, it was uh, February or January of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you came to my house because yeah. I was dog sick in my bedroom. I know. Yeah. And you came back and talked to me about it. But um, yeah, we decided okay, we're going to get through May. That's where we stop anyway, and then that's going to be it. And then we, of course, Doug Levine got hold of that news, and he's like, "Well, the Bonanza is going to be your last show then. <laughs> right? We're going to have right. a big blowout, and the Bonanza is going to be it." It was a big one. Yeah. Right. And it's- I swear that I thought that was it for Jester. I. Yep. I didn't think we were ever going to come back. So I thought that was going to be the last show, period. And I treated it that way. Mm-hmm. I've, I've made the most of that show. Yep. So I savored every moment of it, for sure. And, and I had gained weight, so I couldn't go back to male dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark was in a tough spot. He was. So, so, so his, man, his six-pack turned into a party ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so May of 2011, it's over. That's it. And what really surprised me after the fact was Robbie went right to another band. 
Ah. I thought for sure he was going to take a break. I, sure. Yep. But he went right into Deadlocked, who's a very popular band in the area too, and picked right up and kept going. And hmm. so he didn't he didn't quit. Man, he kept going. Me and Mark, I don't know why you didn't continue to play. I mean, I didn't want to play with just anybody. So sure. I, I took a little break until I got my bearings back to figure out what I wanted to do. So. How long of a break did you take, Jeff? We went, what, about six, seven months before we, we started you know, bonding together again and we figuring out what we were going to do. Well, we got together so. with, um, uh, 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 we got together with, oh, shoot, what's on, Jim... Oh, Jim, Jim Foltz, yeah. yeah, and then Dave, yeah, yeah we, we did that we did just a to shows. fill it out, yeah, and um, that just never kind of materialized. Never gelled, no. And then um, a guy named Kyle Stuller and um, Dave Smith, of course, uh, who played with Phoenix, um, we got together with them and jammed, and it sounded really good. Mm-hmm. It was really, really fun, and we thought, well, okay, well, let's give this a shot. So about, you know, Six, eight months after Jester was over, we started to put together Crush Theory. Hmm. And that's when that got started. So, Do you feel kind of bad about continuing on with like half of Jester? I mean, is there any part of you that says... Well, we oh. knew we were never going to call it Jester. Right. Because me personally, I think if you replace any member in Jester, sure. you could call it Jester except for Butch. That's right. If he got three new band members, he could still get away with calling it Jester, I yeah. feel. That's okay. my opinion. Okay. But, we, we actually had Butch's blessing on the so, cross oh, okay. project. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, we, but we were never ever going to call it a jester. Right. So. Right. And what'd you name the new band? Crush Theory. Crush that's, Theory. Yeah, that's the Crush Theory. Okay. Yeah. And um, we we kind of did the same thing. We were like, uh, we got to pick songs that people are going to dance to, but we didn't want to fall into the jester trap of because we were kind of labeled as a heavier, right, a little bit of heavier, edgy band. So we decided. With Crush Theory, we're going to do whatever we want that makes people dance. So we did some... some Journey, some Bon Jovi. Yeah. Jump Around, that rap song. I mean, <laughs> oh, we were doing all kinds okay. of different stuff. We wanted to kind of take it... I thought it was cool. Dave Kirkpatrick came out once and saw our first show, and we were doing all that stuff. Yeah. He's like, man, you guys are like a big city band. Sure. You you guys could go down to the big city and play for big bucks, you know, because that's the kind of money or the uh, the, the kind of songs, songs we wanted to yeah, play. Song sure. selection. Yeah, that's why I started to incorporate my um, sampling unit that had loop tracks on it and oh. click click tracks and such. Cool. And, it, and Dave was doing up. some stuff as well, right? Dave was yeah. doing, well. He was bringing in yeah. some tracks that he would create, right. uh, sure. like the keyboards the and keyboards, backing yeah. things. And Dave's sure. just a phenomenal musician all around. So um, yeah, with him playing guitar and Kyle with his high voice. We could pretty much do anything we wanted to with sure. that band. Sure. So that was a fun run. Yeah, I like that I, band a I lot. I caught a couple so. of shows with you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, there was an acoustic set, I think. I, uh, I think you come to Jim Always, the yeah. old Jim Always uh-huh. place. Oh, yeah, my was there. That was cool. Or not Jim Always. What was it called? Ron's. Ron's. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was a good run for me and, and Mark. Um, that took about, what, a year and a half? Yep. yep. And um, Dave... Uh, Wanted to take a break, and then uh, Kyle got an offer to play in Everrise. Oh, wow. And um, so how do you hold him back from that? Kyle sure. always wanted to travel and yeah. play different places. He got tired of the circuit. Yeah. Right. So he's like, you know, I want to get down to the big city. And I remember talking to Mark, and Mark's like, man, those days are behind me. <laughs> I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt so. still. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm not traveling two hours for $50. It's just not happening anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I gave – not that I had to give Kyle my blessing, but we're like, yeah, Kyle, go ahead and do what you got to do. Yeah. And um, we, we found a guy named Christian Harper. He came in, and he was going to be the guitar player slash singer. 
well, we still needed a, a good lead guitar player. And, man, it was tough. Yeah. We couldn't find anybody. We got Dean Kramer to come in and fill in for us a couple shows. Well, that works out well. And <laughs> um, so I remember this very specifically. I was on the Golden Mile going to work, and I was sitting at a red light. So, of course, you sit at a red light. You go through Facebook on your phone, right? Sure. <laughs> Some of us. You do? And I don't know. You uh, Dirty Deal had just played Shiley or something. And there was a whole bunch of pictures and video from that on the Facebook feeds. And I thought, holy shit, there's Scott Blake. He's a good guitar player. I love a guitar player. Yeah. And I sent him a message from red light to red light. <laughs> I would type a little bit until I get to the next red light, basically saying, hey, I got a band crushed here. We were looking for a good guitar player, blah, blah, blah. And I remember he texted back and said, I'm intrigued. That was his response to me. <laughs> now, why, Scott, why were you intrigued? Because he was typed in, I'm in traffic. Somehow. <laughs> Auto cracked. Oh, damn auto <laughs> Were you strictly uh, dirty deal at that time? Uh, yeah, very part time dirty deal, right? Right. Yeah, the yeah. sack part-time. of marbles had basically yeah. dissolved. Yeah. Yeah. So that was sort of my. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was only two years that I had a little bit of a break and. I think I had my guitars sitting back in the corner of the house. Had I had to blow the dust off of them, literally. Oh. And um, yeah, we got lucky that he had nothing going on at that time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So because we were really like struggling to tr- even figure anybody out to try out. We had some auditions and stuff. So. It just didn't. Yeah, we really. had a couple guys to come in. They would sound good at certain styles, but not at other styles. We needed someone that sounded good at all the styles that we were doing. Yeah. So. So you found your guy for sure. Well, it took one audition, and we offered him the job pretty yeah. much on the spot. So, and I'm so. embarrassed to say I was—I live in the same town, and I—I I can't believe I haven't run into him sooner. And I was blown away. Scott, yeah. he still blows me away. Good guitar player, man. Thanks, Jack Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but the big thing, more than uh, the guitar playing, is the personality fits perfect with what we're doing. No ego. Sure. Um, I mean, I, not a stick in the mud. I remember, I don't, I don't even know who it was. I was talking to somebody, and he was in the music. I can't think who it was now, but I said, "Yeah, we're gonna get Scott Blake to uh, be our guitar player." And he looked at me weird, and he's like, Man, "He's got like thirteen kids or something like that." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" He said, "Yeah, he's got like a bunch of young kids, and everything. he must have been thinking about somebody else, I guess, because all your kids are grown." So I was like, yeah, "Okay." And I remember when I told you that, you go, you think Brian May got upset when someone told Freddie Mercury sucked dick? He said, no. <laughs> he sings like a fucking beast, so they don't care. Scott plays great. I don't care how many kids he has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, Mark put it in perspective for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man. So how, how did you guys meet Scott? Was it through Dirty Deal? Was it? Well, I knew him just by seeing Sack of Marbles, Sack of which Marbles. is the band okay. he was in. And right. then actually, when I reached out to him, I said, hey, we're playing up at Thunder Road with Dean Kramer. Come out and check us out and see if it's going to be something you like. Huh. And after that first set, he, you know, I said, hey, well, what you think? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good and all. And I said, well, we only had one practice for 40 songs. And he goes, okay, then that was really good then. Because <laughs> we only wow. did one practice with Dean uh, before that show, because uh, sure. we didn't want to cancel, yeah. I had it on the books when Kyle and and Dave, uh, you know, left the band. So 
Sure. We crammed it on a Sunday afternoon at your house. We crammed it with Dean Kramer and got them all done. And Dean so. Dean could come in off the street with his guitar and sit in with anybody. I mean, that guy's phenomenal. So. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's just you know how you got to get the endings and the beginnings of the songs. Yeah, sure. that, yeah the middles are fine. It's just the yeah. beginning and endings of the songs that you got to get on the same page with. But D- Dean's a cat guy, so. right? Doesn't he have a lot yes. of cats? Yes. And I always comment on Instagram, and he never comments back to me. Am I? Well, we got to change that, Dean. Ah, just, Jim, like, Jim Turner like, on Facebook. Yeah, Dean. Dean. That's because he's sitting there stroking his pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I love his cats. I really do. Oh, Sherry's going to get mad. <laughs> so what we did, we, I think we did like two shows with Dean, and then like a third show where Dean played half, and he was ready enough to play half. Right. At the Greencastle Legion. Right. Oh, wow. That's right. And then, then we were f- full on with Christian and, and Scott, and that was the new version of Crush Theories, and we did that for a year. Oh. Never knew that. So. Only for a year, huh? Seems yeah. It's a lot longer than that. Yeah. Well, it, to all total, it was about two and a half years between the two versions of the band. So, But with Christian and, and Scott, it was about okay. a year. Okay. Which, which we were bright enough this time to say that Crush Theory never broke up. We just took a break. So ah. it's mothballed. Yeah. With the possibility of, who knows, maybe that'll show someday. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was a cool name, too, Crush Theory. Yeah. yeah. So. We got lucky, and um, we actually did a show with the original members just a few months ago. Uh-huh. And I think I saw that on, yeah, on social media. And that yeah. was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. So yeah, He even had some T-shirts so. left over in his eye. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, are you serious? I brought them out and donated it to the benefits. So. Oh, that's awesome. So. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but uh, get some... Uh, some advertisements, some, you know, make some money for that. <laughs> we make money at this. I guess they are now since we're not in it. <laughs> Bring Jimmy on. I He's got I'm all that corporate get, backing. I'm the only one getting so. paid today, so we'll be back. Have you been to the guitar room? Well, if you have, then you know it's not just guitars. The Guitar Room is a local company that provides quality and service in any and all of their instruments, sound equipment, lights, and effects. Providing sound products and service for over 40 years for the Maryland, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Virginia areas. Guitar Room Music Stores deal with the best instrument and sound and lighting manufacturers. Their suppliers put 110% into their products and product support, which helps them with their promise to you of 100% customer satisfaction, always. The Guitar Room has two locations, 315 North Cleveland Avenue, Hagerstown, Maryland, and 574 Railroad Drive, Martinsburg, West Virginia. So stop in at the guitar room and tell them the guys from the scene sent you. Hey, this is Jeff. This is Mark. This is Scott. Zarek. And this is Butch from Jester. You're listening to The Scene. So in 2013, Butch, you want to let us know what happened with you? Uh, what were you doing at the time? Well, Did you get the itch? I was a part owner in a bar and restaurant. I was approached and jumped at it. it was an opportunity i'd always wanted to do and i guess i was about a year and a half after jester had uh had quit jumped after, into it after you abandoning us you yeah, yeah. And i left you guys sitting at the fucking track yeah. <laughs> find your way your own way home and uh anyway i jumped into it uh, wholeheartedly i i run the kitchen at uh, thunder road bar and grill and had a great time doing it best time ever until i try to kill myself with it <laughs> and my doctor says yeah you're not going to be able to do that no more it's a lot of hours uh that was and i, and I kept my full-time job so damn good cook too oh. so i was i was over 100 hours a week oh my you know between my regular 40-hour job because that was insurance <laughs> and 
Sure. You know. Uh, Everyone was coming up to him, man, you look great. You lost a lot of weight. Yeah. What, what diet are you on? Uh, the work 120-hour-a-week diet. <laughs> yeah. You did lose a lot of weight. I did. I did. Yeah. I dumped uh, like 70 pounds wow. uh, at, at the, the height of it. So, But anyway. The food was incredible, though, man. You're thanks, all, brother. Thanks. The we, chili. The chili's I famous. enjoyed it. Yep. Back for our chili. Mm, cheeseburgers, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, well, let's give a plug. The Maryland Institute of Music, second annual chili cook-off. That's right. Butch is going to enter it this year. I am going to be in it, and my backfire chili will be there. Sunday, right. October 6th. Yes. So, Sunday? Sunday, October so 6th. Then Monday will be the true backfire. <laughs> yep, that's when all everyone will be going, that was great chili. <laughs> my ass is over. <laughs> But anyway, um, we was up there, and we were, we were making it happen, and we started to have uh, a bike week uh, where, um, you know, you set up a bunch of tents and get a bunch of vendors and, and uh, hire a bunch of entertainment. Yeah, Crush Theory played the first couple bike weeks, actually, right. up there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah, That was a great out- outdoor so. stage you had, too, right by the deck there. Yes. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah Jason yeah. built that himself, actually. Yeah. He sure did. So. Huge crowds, too. When I was out there, I did some videotaping out there, and I was like, man, look at all these people. Yeah. Well, it had that killer deck. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a great experience. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun to do it. But for the bike weeks, he rented those huge tents, and he right. hired uh, Evans Light and Sound. They came in and ran the production and brought in their – their stage that they hadn't traveled around with. Oh, us, so. okay, yep. cool. Yep. Yeah, because we had a lot more people coming to those than just a regular Friday and Saturday night show. So sure, had to house those people. But so yeah, I mean, when Crush Theory broke up, I think Jason kind of like said, "Okay, well, why don't we have Jester do one?" <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of how the conversation was. So yeah. and it's like we haven't really seen or talked to Robbie for you know about two and a half three years. Right. We've seen him in passing, but sure, I went to Butch about it. Because he had to be in first and um, mm-hmm. ask him if he would be interested in it. Totally one-off. That's what we thought. It was just going to be a one-off. Yep. yep. And I, what made it not one-off, Jeff? <laughs> what happened? Well, I w- approached Mark. Mark was cool. He was in with it. We were with Crush Theory, and we are getting ready to come up on May because we were taking summer breaks in Crush Theory, too. And Christian was like, man, I've got my sound production business. I'm getting really busy. It's interfering with me playing weekends with you guys, so I think I'm going to go ahead and bow out of Crush Theory. That's what happened. We didn't have a band, and we went ahead and asked Rob, said, you know, hey, they want us to play. Would you be interested in doing it? We still had like three or four months till the show, yeah. so we had plenty of time to put a and, set list together. And we had went up to Pappy's to, to talk to him about it. It was his last night. With Deadlock. With Deadlock. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he said, yeah, I'd probably be interested in doing that. And so, okay. So I said, okay, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out what we're going to do. Well, a couple weeks later, I texted him again, and he texted me back and said, man, I, I'm just now quitting. I don't want to commit to this, and I want to take a break. And he was really serious about not playing this time. Hmm. And we had to make a decision was whether or not we wanted to go ahead and continue on with it. We had already asked Pat Henson to play that show as well sure. and mark was gracious enough to say yeah sure you know share the stage we'll have two drummers that night and wow. the plan was to have pat play one set mark played another set and then the last three songs but i was on together. i was in, i was in the bullpen waiting for a yeah. puke, <laughs> for a puke. <laughs> yeah pd was sitting there on the side waiting so awesome. so we had it all planned out and everything was good and and rob didn't want to do it and we were so much involved in it the rest of us and we were so looking forward to it. It's like, wow, well, let's do it anyway. Sure. 
And um, well, I just remember you and me when when you come and told me that you know Robbie didn't want to do it, and we just sit there and stare at each other for like a minute, like. We we were afraid to say you know let's let's go ahead and do this or you know, yeah right, screw it and scrap it you know because I don't know it's like a part of us felt like I me personally I was worried that the crowds would go well fucking Robbie's not part of it it's not a real gesture reunion that's what I was thinking right, right. so I was like ah but you know we we were so looking forward to it that I think we had to go ahead and go ahead with it so. well and part of it was is when when jester stopped playing when we did the bonanza and stuff so many people reached out to us after that saying about they got married you know mm. they met their their girlfriend their wife at, at a jester show they you know they had all yeah, yeah absolutely Petey did. <laughs> Petey did um you know so we had so much of an outpouring of the, of the the public and our fans and stuff saying you know how much we meant to them. Sure. You didn't realize, you know, we're just up there, you know, having a great time and and uh, enjoying it. And these people, you know, they planned their, their lives around it. You know, they planned vacations around it. Oh, Jester's playing here. I'm going to go there. <laughs> and you just didn't realize the impact that you made on people's lives. Well, you know, sure. it's pretty it, humbling, actually. <laughs> it was, you know, and there's a good friend of ours who lost his wife, you know, in, in the middle of all that. And, and, and just so much things that you get wrapped up in. We were at the Van Halen show. <laughs> We were on the, after the show, mm-hmm. we were down underneath getting on Metro. This is at the MCI There's a bazillion people leaving the Van Halen show. And this fucking guy comes up. You're from Jester! <laughs> Shit you <laughs> really. not. He had In his... Chinatown, his... after a Van Halen show, 20,000 people on the, uh, <laughs> the Metro. Is that like 07 or something like that? Yeah. 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 I was, which, I was, which was Ocean City vacationing one year. And uh, got up to play drums with Cy Siler and the Reagan years. And they saw me in the crowd, and Cy got me up to play a song. And when he said, this is Mark Grove, the drummer for Jester, somebody way in the back on the beach hollered, Jester! <laughs> kind of like Jenny at uh, on Forrest Gump. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea who it was. And I'm like, got to be kidding me. There's, That's huh, crazy. 10,000 yeah. people out here on the beach. And it's, so it's, it'll never top, though. I, I know... <laughs> It'll never top South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, I know. 10 hours away from home. I know. We're at a freaking amusement park, and a guy come up to Butchie and said, Hey, man, aren't you in that band, Jester? Yeah. Really? He had nothing on it looked like Jester or anything. Yeah. He, and, he was a race car driver, right? Yes. And he was up at the Speedway oh, okay, and cool. saw us and, when he was up in town at the Del Mar. <laughs> and they were down at Myrtle yeah. racing yeah. on the dirt yeah. tracks yeah. down there, and he was out with his family that day at the amusement park. <laughs> And saw me standing there and walked right up to me. He's like, you're, you, Well, you're you got that face. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a kind face. The kind of face you like no. to shit on. <laughs> so, yes, Butch's story about, you know, people planning their vacations and <laughs> meeting. So, and so, with that in mind, I mean, when me and Jeff were, were thinking about it, you know, do we go on and, and without Robbie or not, it was, it was kind of almost, we had already had set our mind that we were going to do it. Sure. And for that, for that to happen with Robbie and stuff, it's like, yeah, I still want to do it. I still want to do it. You know? So what did you do? Yeah. Well, he asked me if you know yeah. I had any suggestions. Because I had nobody in yeah. I mean, I, He I, really didn't know Scott because he didn't really come out and see Crush Theory because he's so busy. Uh-uh. And I said, well, yeah, I do. I've got you know the guy in Crush Theory with me right now, and uh, I think he could do it. And uh, which like really, I you know, and I said, yeah, I know he can do it. <laughs> We were playing the log cabin, I think, and yep. I, I 
pulled Scott back to the back room, and um, after I blew him, I. <laughs> <laughs> what the well, hell? You did it in the what right order. What kind of show was that? <laughs> Where'd that come from? Uh, anyway, I'll was it the job? Job? Was this the log? The was this the log cabin down from Greenbrier State Park? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the Deer Park. Oh, the Deer Park. Uh, but anyway, no, I said, you know, this is the situation, and would you be interested in doing it? And I don't know if you replied right away or if you wanted to think about it. You did. Tell me you were interested. I, I think I probably took some time because right. I, I know Robbie. Right. And uh, I was kind of hesitant to and do it, that. And at the same time, I didn't want to put him in a situation where he was going to get bombarded. Because with social media now, oh, yeah. oh, Robbie ain't doing it. This ain't the right. real jester. Yeah. And who's this guy? <laughs> That's not fair. That type Scott. thing. Because uh, Mark had to go through that yeah. with Pat. Sure. Um, there was a couple situations. I, I, I still do, by the way. So. <laughs> but. And I get that because I was a Robbie fan. Yeah, you right. Know, I so, was a huge fan of his. So. But uh, yeah, so we had to cross those hurdles and make sure that you know we were going to do it the right way. And yeah. um, so the next step was get Butch on board with Scott. Right. So we had uh, a set list that we gave to Scott of about ten songs. Got together at Mark's house. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Butch told me, he said, that's a no-brainer, man. Yeah. yeah. For, for, oh, it was, it was so. seamless. I mean, it really was seamless. On the on the 10 songs that he had, um, and I don't remember how long it was that we gave him to, to practice or get, a, you know, up to snuff or whatever. And we sat down, and there was there was not one time that we sat there and went, oh, that's your part you're supposed to play. You know, he was... Knew the tunes. It so did you guys just do he was a, a pro? A ten song set? I don't remember. No, we did okay. like twenty songs, okay. Okay. but we just wanted okay. to get a feel for if it was right. going to work. Okay. If he got a feel, for, you know, for and, us. And some of the songs were you know stuff that he already knew and was already playing with Crush okay. Theory and you know sure. some of the, the lapover songs and stuff. But it was just like you know, it, the, yeah. We, basically, no matter how much you know or don't know a guy, Butch didn't know him at all. Yeah. So we had to get him in the same room. See That's what that was, was right. about. Yeah. Yep. Right. We go ahead and put a show together. We have Pat over for rehearsal. We have Scott. And we put together, I think it was a really Mm -hmm. nice show. (laughs) We had a real good turnout for that. And it It was was 4th of July. We were up against Slaughter that night, I think. Yes. Slaughter was at uh, Breakaway 2. Yep. We still held our own with a pretty decent crowd. I, I was proud of that. Yeah, it was it was wow. packed. And yeah. of course the fireworks and everything else. So sure, sure, sure. I think it was just out of curiosity. And what was and, neat uh, was it was uh, what was it on the on paper? It was an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes, mm-hmm. and it ended up going two hours and ten minutes long. And it felt like five minutes. Oh, and oh, at yeah. the end of the show, me and Jeff looked at me and he says, "You know, that felt like that was like ten minutes." Wow! It was so fun. I, I don't know, just the way everything worked together, and I don't know, it was just so good, yeah. man. <laughs> it really so was. was that the spark so, that yeah. that started? Well, it put a, a spark to let's do this every once in a while because he was still busting his ass at the restaurant. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, so, I was still working. Yeah. Oh yeah, still working up there. And back to that show, what was funny was is I had never seen Scott's stage presence until that show. I mean, we're in a basement. I mean, we were. Next to Mark's plenum, working on. <laughs> I still say that's a made-up word. <laughs> Practicing, so I never got to see his stage presence. Well, you know, he shows up with his cowboy hats and and, and chip sunglasses, and I mean, 
He was everywhere. It's on. It's on. He was everywhere. <laughs> it was insane. If you it see some insane. of those pictures from that show that Rob Fortenberry took, there's multiple pictures with him in midair. Yeah. That he's catching him, just jumping oh, around like yeah. a man, man. It was, it was nuts. Uh, I don't know I if just, it was nervous energy or what. Oh, or, it certainly so, was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I remember several people come up to me, and they weren't slagging Robbie at all, but they were like, we love Robbie. He's amazing. But... Scott held his own tonight. He was really, really good. I had number of people coming up. I didn't hear one bad backlash over Scott uh-uh. from that show at all. Did you know that, so. Scott? Did you know these were the nice things being said? Yeah, they kind of, you know. How did they make you feel? Well, great. But still still a little awkward. I'm sure. You know? I'm sure. You're the new guy. I get that. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was good. I mean, it, a lot of people came up to me afterwards and was like, man, really you know, pat on the back. It yeah. always feels good. Yeah. Plus, he threw in a couple vocal things that you know oh, they yeah. that's totally unique to Scott. So it, so it kind of put Jester on a different path because we didn't want to be the same thing over and over again. Did, we didn't want to play those same songs again and again. Yeah. We so still the music are. Changed a little bit. It, it did. And yeah. now we're so. doing Prince. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's the beauty of it is that we can do that stuff and pull it off. You know, uh, right. we're not. Because before we were like, uh, what's the next, uh, you know, click, click, boom type song that we can learn? Right, right. You know, those songs faded out. Sure. So, you know, it's like, what are we going to do? That whole closed door, open door cliche thing is... is oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely opened another door with Scott. So, yeah, that after that show, we kind of like said, okay, let's just kind of do a big show here and there so we did like thanksgiving eve at the right right and we were talking about you know four shows maybe four or five shows a year you know just some big things put them Mm -hmm. together and stuff like that and i think the next one was well that next year uh that's when christian quit uh because we were still in crush theory um when when we did the uh, the first uh bike week so we finished out the year and into the next year with uh, Christian and we were just doing a couple shows here and there. Mm-hmm. I think we did New Year's, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, did we, New yeah. Year's and we Christian did. brought in a band to open up, right? Just some right. friends of his. Yep. Um, and we did that, so we just like big shows here and there. Right on. So and that worked into your schedule. You could. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, by that time I had you know other people helping out in the kitchen and stuff that could sure. take over because you know when we started it was me, me myself and I. So yeah, so you could uh, scratch your itch. Okay. Yeah, 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 and that's what was that's what was really. Neat. I mean, from that first show, that bike week show. I mean, the the fire was just that was it. It was yeah. lit. Yeah. It was lit. I wanted yeah. to get back up and keep going. That was a great environment too for a show. I mean, oh yeah, I was out there for a couple of, of things and it was happening. You man. get a summer night oh. at Thunder Road with the race cars in the background, oh, yeah. music oh, yeah. playing. It uh, was great. It was good stuff. It was mm-hmm. great. So yeah, well, it was he good came stuff. out from the kitchen and got up and played. A couple <laughs> songs. <laughs> And, uh, I had done that too. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I think that was what because I turned around. I said, "What'd you think, Butch?" Goes, "I felt good. <laughs> <laughs> I felt good." Yeah. So once Christian said he was done, it kind of opened up this whole thing. Like, okay, maybe we should do full time jester again. So, sure, sure. And that's what led to it. How so. did you do full time jester with still working the bar? Well, at, uh, well, at that time, it, like I said, I had more help in the in the kitchen and stuff so there was i was able to get away and, and full time wasn't 
like full time. Full time was like you know one or two weekends a month. Yeah, and he, yeah. And, he, and you he, guys weren't doing Friday Saturdays either. So, no, yeah. no, yeah. The Friday Saturdays are gone. You know, they're yeah, they're a thing of the past. Yeah. You know, you you get a Friday, that's fine, or you get a Saturday. You know, yeah, but so about two fifteen two thousand fifteen, we were back into it. And, yeah, uh, we have Dayton Pro back. I mean, the, the whole gang was back together and sure doing shows here and there. It was pretty cool. Yeah. All these years later, it's back together. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got hit with a real big sucker punch wow. you know, shortly after we got back together. And uh, that was that Davey, was um, our sound guy, he was really under the weather. He thought he had pneumonia. He was just always sick and run down. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the night, when they were tearing down, he was always sitting and trying to get his breath. And it's like, it's damn pneumonia. I can't kick it, you know? And it's like, well, shit, dude, you know, what's going on? So um, finally he gets to the doctor. And, God, I remember I was sitting at Keith's studio. Uh, we were doing uh, Dirty Deal tracks. And Crow called me when I was sitting in the driveway. And he gave me the news that they found that Dave had, uh, I guess it was lung cancer was yeah, the primary. Yeah, lung cancer, yeah. Stage, stage four. Stage yeah, four, it was really advanced. Mm-hmm. And boy, that was a sucker punch, man. Because uh, I mean, he was family. I mean, yeah. we were. You think sure. the band's family? Well, the crew's in there too. Sure. So, um, they're right in the thick of things with us. Um, so, the next couple months was brutal, man. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, it was tough. And we held. You had, you had gigs booked too, right? So. We did. We had Chad Evans and Chad, Steve yeah. Crumbacker. They kind of helped us out and filled in for for Dave, and they really stepped up. Um, just like musicians are, you know, all family in this area, the sound people are the same, you know, so they got each other's back, but, uh, yeah, Dave just got too sick and, um, we had a huge benefit for him up there at the, at the, uh, ballroom Ballroom. Mm -hmm. and he was getting treated and, uh, me, myself, I, I felt like we had a couple months, but a couple weeks after that benefit, uh, Butch called me at the house and told me that he passed away that quickly that yeah. quick and uh i remember being mad because it's like no no it's just two weeks ago you know yeah. we just had right. this benefit there's no way he fucking died already right and because i didn't get that chance to go out and hang out him and nank and crow and leslie they were going out for dinners and i thought we had at least one more of those in us yeah before he passed away and i didn't get it so i was made it myself more than anything i guess but and, and even to speak of the the music community that that benefit was phenomenal yeah there was hundreds and hundreds of people that came out there. to that um bands just you know and no problem we'll get up and play they'll get up and play this band get up and play that band get up and play we get up and play jimmy chalfont yeah yeah, yeah. he, he played chalfont. all day long he yeah. did yeah he was there and supported all day long anyway we, a lot of love uh, yeah it really was and uh you know we raised over ten thousand dollars in one day yeah. for that man for help with his medical bills and yeah you got else. Uh, rich hannon donating brand new prs guitars yep. to raffle off i mean it was oh amazing my. so it was it was amazing and and you know like i said the, the whole community wasn't one person that, that led this thing there was we had a meeting up at pappy's and there was five or six or eight of us up there and threw this thing together in in a matter of weeks mm. a matter of weeks and it was just amazing it was amazing to see that the whole community come out i mean there was bands from all over the place there was how did you guys go about getting the the, the event at the ballroom I so, mean, was that all donated made, as well made a phone call that's really cool. simple made a phone call and i can't rod or rob or whoever was involved with that to, uh, he couldn't even get yes out fast enough i sure, mean cool. the, everybody was that way yeah. it was amazing 
It was amazing. Right after the uh, benefit, Dave texted me. I never deleted it. And he called me first, and I was at work, and I couldn't call him back. And I texted him. I said, uh, I'm at work. Is everything okay? He said, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for everything you all did for me. Love you all. Don't understand the hope I have to pull my head above water. That can't happen, but I can breathe again. And he was talking about the money that we raised for him because he right. was, you know, hurting with that. I told him, we love you. Uh, we're all there. If you need us for anything, just give us a call. He said, he's just trying to get back on my feet, and you guys went way over anything I've ever seen. And I don't have the words to say what it means to me. And that was his last text to me. So Wow. He was a great guy. So, And uh, as much as Crow would have took a bullet for us, he would have been right behind Crow to take the next bullet for us. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. After Dave passed, uh, you know, we still had to move on, and we uh, we get, did one last uh, show up there at the Crackers uh, that they had for like a little memorial service oh, for yes. Dave. Yeah, and we did that, and then um, we got Steve Crumbacker to come on board uh, with his sound company, and uh, you know, he's doing a great job for us. Cool. And we love Steve um, just as much as we love all the other guys that come in with us. So he's a great guy. Right. And just so. as dedicated, you know. And then, oh, yeah. once again, I mean, you have to go back to, you know, uh, we're not just the musicians that are up on stage. It's the, it's this it's the production, it's the sound, and everything else that that puts it all together, you know. So you're all a family. You're all, you know, uh, one piece of machinery up there sure. working all at the same time. Oh yeah, we count on those guys. Oh yeah. man, you don't know how much we count on those yeah. guys. Yeah. Because we want to show up and play without any hassles and having to worry about you know something going out mid-song right um, so those guys take care of everything nink who's been with us uh pd steph uh dave and crow man yep. i've even helped out the uh the big uh bonanza shows i remember i'd never even met scott before and he's handing me his five six hundred thousand dollar guitars because <laughs> i knew what to do it was, it was flawless he's just looking at me like and i was like Take it. Yeah, we, we've you been want lucky, man. I tell you, we've really <laughs> been lucky to have the we friends have. we have that step up and do it for next to nothing. I did it so. just so that the show, the next thing, is there's no delay. Sure. No. You know, you ever been to a show and there's a delay between bands? That's because yeah. they're trying to get torn down. Yeah. yeah. That leads us up to now. So we're still trucking and uh, about, uh, I don't know, how long has it been? Uh, eight months ago? Well, really... At the school, at the institute opening, I, I ran into Eric again. Mm -hmm. uh, me and Petey played with Eric in a band 30 years ago. Yeah, in Mercersburg. <laughs> in Mercersburg, Pennsylvania. We had just gotten out of the very first band we were in with Butch. Oh, Butch. <laughs> me and Petey wanted to go heavy. He wanted to go top 40. Richard so, Marks. <laughs> so we put our little ads up in the stores. That's how you did it back in the day. Sure. You put a note card Making up music. looking for a guitar player, bassist and yeah. drummer looking for a guitar player. In Carpenter's World of Music. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where he yeah. saw it. So, so you actually saw it up on the board. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, he called us up. Uh, we met at the highs long, in Morgansville. A long distance phone call. So yeah, you had, <laughs> didn't you have a little Fiero or something like that? Yep, a little blue Fiero. Yeah, oh, nice. He That's came true. and met us, and we followed him all the way up to Mercersburg to his yeah. uh, apartment, and uh, is an attic that we practice in there. Third, third floor attic. We jam with uh, Eric in his attic, uh, learning Aussie songs, uh, Ace Frehley songs, White Snake White songs. Snake. I mean, we were all into the '80s hair bands and stuff sure. like that. Britney Fox. So oh, yeah. yeah, so we had to find a singer and another guitar player to be a complete band. And actually, this is how small world this is. We brought in a guy named Keith Summers for a little bit. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
And Keith Summers comes in, and we're talking about music, and he's like, you know my brother-in-law? And I was like, no. He says, well, he plays in a great band. They make originals. They got CDs out. They're called Dirty Deal. I'm like, really? What's your brother-in-law's name? He says, his name's Scott Blake. I said, no, I don't know him. Fast forward 25 years, and I'm playing in a band with Scott Blake. It's just incredible <laughs> how this small world is, man. That's awesome. So, but anyway, we, we get with uh, a guy named Rob Lightfoot and John Alexander, and we form another band. And go ahead, Eric, uh, tell them why you had to back out of that. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I remember it vividly. You know, I mean, I was at the point I was just getting ready to start a family, just getting out of, you know, through college, starting a career and such. And we were, we were, I was supposed to learn a, a poison song. And I just. <laughs> that broke him. <laughs> I came, I came to practice and, and I just, I didn't have my part. And, oh. I, and I remember, you know, and John, of course, rightfully so, was pissed that I didn't learn my part um, and such. And I, I respected John for, for having the balls to basically <laughs> bust my balls at right. that. And I remember driving home from that and I'm like, I don't freaking believe it. I'm not, I mean, I wasn't a huge Poison fan and I definitely, you know, CC DeVille was never the top of my list of, of, you know, accomplished guitarists. And I'm like driving home and I'm like, you know, if I can't even give these guys the time to learn a Poison song, I, I, I just don't have it in me. So I kind of just dropped out, dropped out of the music scene. And this was like 1989 and kind of yeah. just made the decision that, okay, you know, I'm not giving these guys and, and I loved Petey and Jeff to, you know, to death and respected them. And I mean, we had only been together for what, probably a couple months. Yeah, yeah. And, well, we, I mean, but we, we had a trip a to New York to find our female singer. Yeah, we'll, we'll, was, we'll let PD talk about that. <laughs> but, but I mean, we we just we connected really, really well, yeah. and, and there was a lot of love right from the start. Um, and such, and I just couldn't couldn't do that to those guys. So I'm like, just you know, so I I've dropped out of the music scene. The whole hmm. I, I missed the whole '90s, which really thinking back isn't the worst not, decade uh, to miss. <laughs> no, um, it's you know, not. You know, so yeah. so yeah, I just kind of dropped out and. Uh, started playing again in the, the early 2000s, playing in a, a Christian rock band and stuff, playing some small stuff. And it was funny because I remember uh, at, at one of the shows, because I was a stage presence, I'm, I'm swinging around in circles and stuff. And I, I remember then the song gets done, I'm looking out and, and all the fans are just like, what is <laughs> what this guy that? doing? Yeah, you know, kind of things. So I'm like, this is so, Jesus's music. <laughs> well, but there's some, I mean, if you listen to oh, some yeah, of the I stuff, know. you yeah. know, I mean, because yeah. I was big into Lincoln Brewster, who's a phenomenal guitar player and such and, and such. So, you know, started getting back into the, the music in the, in the, the 2000s and such. And, uh, and then he decides to take lessons at Maryland Institute of Music, and that's what crossed our paths again. Yeah, because at the opening, you know, you and I ran in together, and that was, I think, September. Uh -huh. And then I came out to watch the first Jester show I'd ever seen. I remember I've still got a picture on my phone of, you know, that was November of, of 2017 um, and such. And I was like, oh, man, love these guys <laughs> and such. So, so uh, the more so he took lessons and, and kept playing, I thought, man, why don't we just get him up for old time's sake, you know? So, and we threw that idea around for a little bit until yeah, we actually yeah. put it in motion. Well, and because so. you and I had talked about it almost every time we saw each other. Yeah. And then finally, you're just like, here, learn these three songs. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, uh, I want to bring a poison song in. I'm hesitant. Now, at this point, I'd be okay with that. Um, but, so it know, started with like three songs. And I think it ended up at ten songs ten. or so. It ended up with ten songs because they, you know, just so. kept throwing them at me. So in October of last year, or I guess September, last weekend of September last year, you guys brought me up. Yeah, it was at the so. doghouse, and yeah. we gave them a whole set of music to get up and jam with us. Right. And the way I was looking at it at the time was giving him an experience to be back on stage again sure because he yeah. missed all those years of having that experience yeah. other than the christian rock thing well you know? and and i'll be honest so. though, i mean the the kind of person i was back then i mean 
if I would have stuck with it probably through the 90s, I mean, because I was not a very strong personality, I would have given into the dark side of the music <laughs> scene. So I probably probably might not even be here right now if I would have stuck wow. with it. So, Jeez. you know, in retrospect, you know, it all turned out right kind cool. of thing. Um, huh. Kind cool. of thing. So, you know, I mean, I, I would have given into any temptation for to, to go down the wrong path yeah. at that point in my life. And I know that. Um, and in I the think, meantime, I think what kind of spurred bringing him into the band was we would learn or we would have some song ideas yeah. and then they go, well, man, that's going to make Scott do this and this. And then he's got to sing. Right. And I don't know if he could fill it up enough with one guitar. Sure. So we're not going to, we're not going to try that song. Right. And well, we did that. And it was at their summer break last year. It was at our summer break that we sat down. We were talking about new materials and songs and stuff like that. And that's when we initially had the conversation about, because we talked to Scott and, and, and Mark and everything about what do you think about possibly bringing in another guitar player, you know? And we were just in kind of almost in passing conversation. It wasn't like we sat there and had a whole heavy conversation about it, but it was because of some of the songs and stuff that we were looking at. It's just like, there's this part, and there's that part, and there's mm-hmm. this part, and that part, you know? Scott amazes me anyway that he's able to play acdc riffs and sit there and watch what he's doing and singing the lyrics at the same time i mean it's you know it's phenomenal enough as it is but with any band that you go out and see that has a single guitar player when he drops out to do the lead there's a hole yeah it just leaves a hole you know so they brought me into phil scott's hole (laughs) (laughs) that's it you guys enjoy your night (laughs) <laughs> the story of the story of Eric. What the? <laughs> Professional hole filler. Wow. I am legend hole filler. Is that how it is? You're more rhythm and you're more lead, or do you guys trade off back and forth? Well, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, for those ten songs, you know, it was just like, well, yeah. I mean, Scott knows his part. I'm just going to sure. try to. And, and right. I remember the one ACDC song we we did that night. Um, you know, I, I listened to him play it and stuff, and I'm like, well, he's kind of actually jumping around between, between the two, right? Malcolm and Angus's oh, yeah. part. So I learned just kind of the opposite part of uh, across from him. So sure. that's really, again, I mean, again, we, we kind of joke about it, but that's the way I approached it was that I need to fill the spots that Scott's not sure. doing kind of thing. So I don't just want, you know, another guitar player up there doing exactly the same thing that Scott's doing. That's, you know. What's so pretty the, much the, the point in that? Yeah, the songs that we've already knew, mm-hmm. um, Scott already did the leads to, it's like, well, why change that? Sure. So now as we're learning new songs, now they're going to go back and say, okay, who's going to take that lead? Who's going to take that lead? And the couple songs that we are working on right now, you know, they're both doing some lead work in it. So mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty freaking awesome. That's so. cool. Right on. For me, it takes the pressure off of me. When he's like, which said, when he does his lead before, I'm fill. trying to hit <laughs> bass chords to fill it up. Now I can just go back to single single notes and sure. save my fingers. And, and Eric's doing an amazing job. And talk about learning songs quickly. We didn't give him a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he busted his ass 40 songs. And, how, oh, Jesus, how long was it before well, we mean, offered that, you the job yeah, before you started playing? That was September. And then you were over at my house in December, the week around the week between Christmas and New Year's. Right. Wow. And we were down in my basement. I was showing you all my gear and stuff. And you were like. So you had you two know, months. Well, yeah, so then December and, and then so January, I had January and February because I played that first weekend in, in March then yeah. at the, so, the Greencastle Legion. That's not easy to do, 40 uh, songs no. in two months. So, no. But back to the doghouse where you know, we had the 10 songs, 
You know, I had never really heard Eric play. I was never around. You know, actually, was, he had. I'd played Bark in the Moon in his apartment back in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah. I was probably drunk on something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we we get to the doghouse and, and we'd rehearsed there in the basement. And our first practice, they start to play, and they are not in tune. Somebody is like out of tune. I'm like this is not a good start. You know, I just didn't get that vibe, you know, like when Scott came in it, it, from note one, it was like, holy shit, you know, this is, but when Eric came in the two guitars, I just wasn't used to that sound and they were, they were missing their tuning. They weren't quite in tune with each other. Mm-hmm. And Eric had learned some other parts of the, the uh, disturb song was the one that stands out to me and he's playing a part that's always been there, but we never, I never heard it. So I'm singing this. I'm like, hold on. I, whatever he's playing is not gelling with me. It's got me all kind of, it really did. It was it, a transition. It yeah. really was. Yeah. It was very odd. So fast forward to the doghouse. He gets up. Everything sounds great. He comes into this Marshall stack He's playing these 10 songs. And the one that stood out to me was the one I got to walk away uh, was uh, Rocky, Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah. And just the two guitars sounding together and they played the, the, the harmony stuff. To, it was amazing. It was amazing. But what nobody else knows except for Jeff was is just before he took the stage, Jeff leaned over to me and says, pay attention to what it sounds like. And at the time, I had no idea what he meant, and of course I did. And every, I mean, it was a great show. I thought it was a great, a great show up there with those ten songs. And then take it forward, and we're getting serious about getting somebody in the band. I'm like, well, who do you have in mind? You know, I, I have no idea who's out there that's that I want to have in the band. You know, I mean, I knew a lot of guitar players, a lot of people that play and stuff, but. You know, what's their personality like? What's their, you know, because that that's everything. It's not just what you can do on the fretboard. And he said, well, what do you think about Eric? And my first thing that I said to, to Jeff was, does he have the chops to do this? You know, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And, and Jeff's like, you know, he's he's got the chops. He's got the chops. And that's where we ended up. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I I went back to when we were playing thirty years ago, and he was playing Jakey Lee leads, for, and so it's like I know he's going to get back to that. I know he can. I mean, he just took that time away from it. Uh, he was making himself better by taking lessons from Bob Perry mm-hmm. and Dean Kramer. Mm-hmm. So it's like I know he's got the desire and the drive to do it, and so I didn't have any qualms about it at all. So and he didn't, and, so. and with Jeff saying he's the guy, then for me, he's the guy. Yeah. And, and- my mix and my in-ear monitors that night was just so full. They usually are because in-ear monitors are Absolutely, superior to yeah. open wedges. Here we yes. fucking A go. bunch of dicks. <laughs> Holy shit. Bag of dicks in their ears. They got bags of dicks in their ears. But where You're going to have fun editing all that one out. <laughs> where I'm going with this is the, the sound was just so full. And we did those 10 songs. And we finished our night. And on the, right, on the drive home, I, all I kept thinking was, huh. I think we've even had a couple emails back and forth where he literally went, huh, in the text to me. (laughs) He's like, Eric, huh. You know, he's kind of like throwing that hint out there. Like, this could maybe maybe work if we throw another guitar player in there. So, guys, what's what's the future? What's the future hold for 
for Jester. Gigging, baby. More shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I go every six months, and I ask the guys, okay, I'm getting ready to book for the next part of the year, and if they don't say, well, I want to take a break, I'm getting burnt out, then I book the shows. That's the way I handle it. Yep. To me, it seems like everyone's having fun. I can't speak for everyone else, but for myself, man, I, there's no tension. Uh, you know, the biggest tension we have, and it's really not that tension wise is picking songs mm-hmm. and songs getting turned down but we all had that understanding that you can't have pride with this you know i brought in a ton of songs that i thought would work mm-hmm. they either get turned down or we play it out and it work it doesn't work and i go oh fuck that that fell flat i'm sorry and it's gone you know that right. blackberry smoke song love it we played it out a couple times didn't work so just you know you have to throw it outside yeah. you know so as long as everyone's got that same mentality of do what's best for the band and not for yourself, yeah. then I think we can truck on for a couple more years. I, I intend to ride so. this train as long as I can physically and if the guys will still have me. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, and this is not a knock. You know, Mark's been playing longer than anybody. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of inspiring to see his passion that he still has for playing music live. Well, should we have that so. conversation with Mark now then? <laughs> I'm all but deaf in my right ear. Anyway. That's from the in your monitors. Are, are you guys finding it hard to get places to play? Because that's a good point. That Pete. seems to be. Really that's what this whole podcast was about: was trying yeah, to get exposure just, for the scene. But we we're lucky that we have a nice nine or ten venue rotation that we're happy with. Uh, more and more of them are getting to be smaller, so yeah, we're having to say, take out our smaller show. Yeah, and that's something that we we adapted ourselves to was to come up with what we start off calling an acoustic show. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of developed into this, you know, a, just a night with Jester, and and we got you know electric guitars and acoustic guitars, and we mix match back and forth and stuff. But we're getting more areas and and new faces out there at these smaller venues, mm. so. Uh, we've kind of adapted ourselves into the scene not being as full as, there are as areas to play. They're a lot of fun. The, the, the smaller places have a really close, intimate crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, if you get a, a close crowd like that or, that are into it, I mean, uh, the Foster Show comes to mind yes. where that crowd was just so wound up and they were like waiting for Butchie to say something <laughs> funny again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like one of those nights. Well, I mean, being that I live here in Greencastle, uh, the, the Jap, Jap House, the, the, yeah. the John yeah. Allison Those public are houses are pretty big. Yep. <laughs> I know the old Home Week show, that uh, Saturday night gig. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> the technology today has afforded us the ability to do the smaller shows and still sound large. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, me personally, I could keep playing for a few more years at least. I mean, my body's... You know, going to be the one that determines when I can, I guess, because <laughs> my right. mind tells me I want to play for a few more years. Now so. that you brought that up, I do so. want to. I, uh, there's a second person this band that impressed the hell out of me was uh, was when you had your back surgery. <laughs> <laughs> the guy gets off to the operating table and plays that night, and and I swear to God, I've never seen anything like it. it, it I was a Crush Theory show. Yeah, yeah. that was incredible. That was yeah. incredible. <laughs> but with uh, with the addition of Eric into the band, it's it's opened up. You know. Not only the songs we've already been playing uh, made them new songs oh for us, yeah. It, oh, yeah. you know, breath of fresh air into the into the, the songs that we have now, but it has also given us you know such a wide variety of other things that we can do. 
Um, when did the new? Well, you guys hear the new songs we're working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. There was couldn't do before. Can't wait. So yeah, it's, gonna be it's awesome. fantastic, fantastic. So wow. we are evolving as we go along, like we always have, you know. But one thing never changes, and that's the show. Whether it be the the small show or the big show, whether it be be out in front of three thousand people at the Bonanza, or you know what we were last night, maybe a. Uh, about a hundred people, about crammed, 100 in people there. crammed in there. Uh, it's still as much fun and as dirty and as in your face as. Well, that's as funny that you say that. I'd like to know what are some of the upcoming shows that the listeners can check you guys out. Well, Eric's leaving for Germany for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. so when he gets back, we're going to do two shows in one day. We're going to do the Hero Fest, uh, mm-hmm. which is at the Antietam Brewery. Antietam Brewery. Looking um, forward to September fourteenth uh, from three to four, and then we tear down and go right to the Williamsport Moose for a show from 8 to midnight there. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, Knob Hall Winery in the fall, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> um, Greencastle Legion, I mean, the typical places. Good. You go to justerband.net and you can catch all their dates there. And, and Facebook and we'll, as well. To so. all everyone who's listening to this, too, we want to thank you for all the years Oh, of my God. Absolutely, and, dude. Yeah. yeah. This, you guys are the reason we keep doing this stuff. I don't do it for the money. If I did it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all about, you know, the, the enjoyment that the fans have in the shows, the longevity of our fans and stuff. We have people that's been there since day one. Yeah, it's definitely not Van Halen for uh, us festival payment, right? Uh, <laughs> Five no. Million. No. So it's not in the millions? <laughs> what? You would think, right? Yeah, I would think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but but you guys talk about the fans, and I mean, the, as the new guy in, I mean, I've just been blown away by how many people come up to me after every show. Almost last night, literally. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we're gonna let's edit that part out. <laughs> mm, oh, I'm gonna rock your world. Mm, hey, but but yeah, the fans are just awesome, and and like I said, everybody's come up to you know a lot of folks have come up to me and just said, and and you know that's what I'm doing it for, and that's why it's you know, awesome. That's why I'm putting yeah. the time into it to try to get better because those fans deserve it. They're just awesome. So thank you, fans. Well, guys, I guess that just about wraps it up for the uh, the Jester podcast. Yeah, thanks awesome. for having us, Jim, yeah, and thanks absolutely. for having us, Pete. We yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. I was yeah. part of a rock band. For a <laughs> this is great. Thank you for this opportunity. This appreciate podcast it. is three years old, and we're just now getting a getting freaking a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, we need to talk to the producers of this shit. <laughs> Evidently. So. That's it, guys. Thanks. Butch, Eric, Scott, Thanks Mark, for having Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jimmy, for helping me out. Absolutely. <laughs>